TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Hey, thank you very much, Gary. Appreciate it. It is 635 on this Monday morning. It's the 16th day of October 2023. I'm John Reed and glad you're with us here on News Radio. WRVA. We'll have more on the protests that happened here in Richmond yesterday. You know, did I was kind of surprised. It looked like relatively large group of people marching for Palestine near Monroe Park and down Broad Street yesterday. Are you surprised by that? I was I I shouldn't be surprised by anything after what I saw in 2020 here in Richmond. There is a group of people that is really hostile. Um, and it, you know, the VCU has this odd relationship with uh, uh, Qatar, Qatar, however you want to say it, the, their Doha school. So I don't know whether that's a part of this or not, but the, the pro-Palestine march yesterday, we'll talk to Mike Dickinson in the 8 o'clock hour about what that looked like and, and some of the things that have been said in Richmond online that you might want to track. But right now, let's go. Uh, to the other side of the planet, to Jerusalem, Jordana Miller, our ABC News correspondent, who we were fortunate enough to talk to every day last week. Jordana, good morning to you. Give me an update on where things stand this morning. Still no no ground offensive, is that correct? Jordan, I don't know if you can hear me. I can't hear you. I'm looking at. Uh, there oh, we go. There we there are. We go. Can you hear me now? Yes, I sure can. I'm sorry about that. Okay, great. No, yeah. Israel has not launched its ground incursion yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it calls a, what will be, it said, uh, an incursion by air as well and by sea. Mm-hmm. That has not happened yet. All eyes today, really, on the on the Gaza Strip and the Rafah border crossing, where Egypt has not opened the crossing there. And that is keeping tens of thousands of Gazans who want to take shelter from the Israeli airstrikes. It's keeping them, you know, from seeking some safety in the Sinai. It's also keeping American citizens, dual citizens, American Palestinians, and American diplomats stuck there in the Gaza Strip. Israel has said uh, that it will, it wants as many Palestinian civilians from Gaza City in the north to go south. It held off on airstrikes yesterday uh, and Saturday on certain corridors so that uh, civilians could flee without a fear of any airstrikes. The Israeli army says about 600,000 have uh, taken to the roads and are heading south. That's only half of the Palestinian population of Gaza City, so that means there's still hundreds of thousands 
that are not going to be able to leave Gaza City before Israel embarks on its major military assault. So, you know, that bodes ill for the safety of many, of hundreds of thousands of civilians. Um, And it appears that Israel is going to hold off on their strike of Gaza City and Gaza in general until more civilians have relocated into the south. Israel turned on the water supplies to the south of Gaza over the weekend. Um, But still, there's a lot of, you know, every kind of supply is running thin from food to medicines to blankets. It's starting to, you know, winter is coming here. So it's very, it's cold at night. So, you know, it is, um, you know, what the UN calls, you know, a looming humanitarian crisis. So I don't think we're in a crisis yet. You know, it, it's, it, it appears to be around the corner. And Israel, you know, is dropping leaflets and uh, trying to warn civilians of the places it's striking in the northern Gaza Strip. But for Israel, this time around, it's really a war. And they're saying, you know, we're trying to warn civilians, but Hamas embeds among civilians. And so, you know, civilian deaths is really, they say, on the conscience and hands of Hamas, Hamas yeah. the terrorist group that, that attacked them last weekend. And Egypt's decision not to open the crossing, I was looking at some of the stories getting ready to talk to you this morning, is that surprising or have they been pretty uh, stalwart in not allowing that kind of immigration, even in, um, in a crisis? Egypt's also in a very difficult position. They don't want Hamas setting up camp in the Sinai Desert. Right. Right. Hamas has carried out attacks on Egyptian officials before. And they also don't want mass, they don't want a population transfer of Palestinians, you know, into the Sinai. Right. um, Who are not Egyptians. So, you know, and frankly, you know, I think Israel doesn't want a, a population transfer either. They know that there are hundreds of thousands of Palestinians who don't like Hamas, who don't agree with what they're doing, and who are also victims of Hamas. I mean, in a population of over 2 million, you're talking about, at the most, 40,000 fighters, Mm. you know, and their families. This is a fraction of the population there. Um, And, you know, we may not hear about the descent of everyday Gazans, because Hamas doesn't allow it. Right. But certainly Israel knows about it because they have a lot of human intelligence on the ground inside Gaza, which clearly failed to alert the security forces about what was going to happen, you know, on October 7th, right. that, that, that Sabbath. But it's but a, nonetheless, ho- that's a horrible situation to be in. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. Jordana Miller, I know you got to run. I appreciate the time with you this morning. Our ABC News correspondent live from Jerusalem this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you. So there are, there are a couple of lessons there for us, don't you think? I mean, that's a horrible, horrible situation, and you can't help but feel bad for the people who don't, who are not uh, sympathetic with terrorists, who just want to live their lives, who are now going to have their lives ruined, certainly in the short term, maybe in the long term maybe wind up dead. They know they could wind up dead. There's just no, there's nothing protecting uh, them now. A war is here, and they may wind up dead. So 
I, I don't want to make it all about us in this conversation, but for a moment, will you indulge me and say, uh, what would you do if there is a small group of people here in the United States who decide they want to be hostile and they want to destroy and they want to kill and they want to overthrow things, the government or just the way of life, the culture. <clears throat> it's a pretty awful situation. You got two. If, if Jordana is correct, and I, I don't know the numbers, I assume she's correct. If you've got what, two million people in Gaza and 40,000 of them are fighters. And let's just double that and say 80,000, 100,000 are more than sympathetic, but would be helpful to the fighters out of two million. And the whole society is ruined now. I think, you know, for all of you who get upset and call Donald Trump a xenophobe, I'm, I'm sorry to bring up Donald Trump, but this is where it comes. Everybody's a racist if you say that you diversity is not the priority. Maybe diversity shouldn't be your priority. Maybe commonality amongst different types of people should be your priority. Maybe looking for common values and common goals amongst diverse people should be more important than diversity in and of itself. Having people who are different from you living next door to you isn't necessarily a very smart thing. And, you know, what's happening overseas is awful. But I have to tell you, I think we're on a trajectory I'm 52 years old. Let's say I live another 30 years, which is about the time that everybody in my family drops dead. The guys in my family drop dead. So that's what I'm expecting. I'm, I'm calculating another 30 years if I'm, if I'm lucky. <laughs> I may not even be lucky enough to do that, as stressed out as I am all the time. Uh, I think we have done ourselves a grave disservice, and it's primarily – because we've listened to dunce-like Democrats who have conned us into this hallmark card mentality that diversity is the most important thing we can possibly do. I don't think that's true. Diversity is not the most important component of a successful society. Total lie. I have been lied to my entire life. I used to go around spouting that garbage. And then I... Then I have been in enough organizations where I was like, you know what? No one agrees here, and we are not succeeding. We are not even getting the basic work done because everybody's arguing about HR issues. <laughs> so, no, I don't think diversity is the most important thing. I think common values and common goals is the most important component to a successful society. And then we could talk about whether – you know, you're white, you're black, you've got a different religion, you have different ideas about how you live, you're gay, you're straight. But everybody's got to agree on these basic common values. And I hate to tell you this, our policies for the last 30 or 40 years have set us up for this type of conflict because, as she points out, it doesn't take a large group of people to disrupt and potentially destroy an entire society that could be peaceful, that could be prosperous, that could be successful. So I can't fix what's happened overseas. There's nothing I really can do about that.
But I do think it's in, we should be paying attention and it should be illuminating and instructive about what we do domestically. I hate to tell you that because that's that's against everything you've ever been taught and everything I've ever been taught. But the ugly reality needs to be uh, analyzed and faced with big, bright, wide eyes that aren't diluted into, you know, Hallmark card niceties. It's not going to work going forward. All right, at 646, we've got lots still ahead. I'll fill you in on the rest of the show in just a couple of moments. Here on this Monday morning, I'm John Reed. You're listening to News Radio WRVA. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 